You're listening to the Just Giants Podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Down at nine, Winston in trouble, wrapped up, down he goes. O'Shane Simonis. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the Football Grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky Fan. Hello, Grump. How are you doing this fabulous Tuesday? We are, we're a day late, a dollar short as always. Uh, <laughs> have to actually do real life work, you know, something that actually we have a sponsor for. But, uh, you know, glad to be here and uh, let's talk some giant football. Well, I mean, we're going to have to talk some NFC East football, some NFL football in general. We're going to be a little bit all over the place this week, um, we're going to put off our last episode of the season preview just because some news broke and you know because training camp isn't scheduled to start until – it's currently still on schedule to start after next week's episode. So we'll save that last season preview episode for next week and uh, we'll get into some relatively breaking news, as breaking as we can handle on a podcast kind of news. <laughs> um, and and there's, there's a couple of things. So we'll start with – the Washington Football Club. Yes, for the first time since 1935, they will no longer be called the Redskins. Uh, this is something I think that we all knew eventually was going to happen, whether you know it was with Daniel Snyder as the owner or not. Uh, you know, it's I, you know there there need to be a tipping point in society where it bring it over the edge and. You know, let's not fool ourselves. This isn't this isn't Daniel Snyder all of a sudden having a change of a moral compass when FedEx, the title sponsor of uh, the former Jack Kent Cook Stadium, you know, another uh, basically, you know, uh, probably a more evil person than Daniel Snyder is. If you look back in the history of the uh, the, the Redskins, they announced they do not they. What was the exact words that they were not going to? They, they protested it, or they, they they did not want them to keep the name. Or I think I think they were going to withdraw funding or, or something like that. And I think that yeah, I, I don't know, something along those lines. Essentially, essentially, they're a major sponsor for the Redskins in just um, you know the naming rights to the football field, uh, right? But and, in other things as well. So, yeah, right. And then immediately followed by Nike removing all Washington gear from their their online store. Um, and that was really the end of the road right there. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, they haven't said as far as I know, right. That, so it was an official announcement on Monday morning. The news kind of broke Sunday night that it was going to happen, but there was an official press release that they will be retiring in quotes, uh, the Redskins name. They will no longer be the Washington Redskins and that. Uh, well, I mean, initially, like on, I want to say, like last week on like Thursday or something like that, or or maybe like Tuesday or Wednesday or something, they they were doing an investigation on the the name, which seemed weird. And uh, the moment they said that, it seemed inevitable that yeah, that means it's over. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're they're retiring the logo, retiring the name, um, but they don't have a new name. They said they would come up with one. You know, at a later date. Interestingly, they said that Daniel Snyder would be working with Ron Rivera for that. I, I'm not really sure what the head coach has to do with that. It's kind of cool. Good. I say great. If any second that's taken away from season and game preparation and worrying about with the logo of a team in five years from now, he won't be associated with most likely. Fine with me. Yeah. 
very strange, but still kind of cool. Um, I guess they, they don't. <laughs> they haven't come up with anything yet. Um, nothing was said as far as uh, when this is going to happen. I mean, they didn't say they'd be retiring it necessarily before the season, did they? Uh, no, uh, it's just they're they will not be using it officially anymore. So, I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that I assumed that the team had kind of the break the glass plan for this day to happen. You know, it's just, you know, it's inevitable. This is going to happen. Um, you know, one of the rumors out there was they'd be renamed the Warriors because uh, Snyder was trying to get an AFL team, an arena football team for Washington at the uh, NCI Center or Sprint Center or whatever it's called now. And uh, he had tried to trademark that name. He was right. unsuccessful, unsuccessful to getting it. But, you know, the conspiracy theorists were saying that he was doing this as a backup plan in case the Redskins ever did have to change their name. So I remember reading that story. I didn't know that he was unsuccessful in obtaining that, but I remember reading that story was around the same time this debate came up about five or six years ago. Um, so mm-hmm. he, he managed to do that around the time that this was coming around again. And um, right. for context sake, because I think a lot of people have grouped this in for right or wrong reasons with a bunch of other societal things that are going on right now and have been going on for the last couple months. I had um, two books when I was a kid and I was – I don't want to say when I was learning to read but they were written for like young adults I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, one was on Brett Favre and the other was on Deion Sanders and it was about their lives and careers. And there was – this author had written a whole line of books on athletes or whatever, right? And I remember specifically in the foreword to those books – it said, you know, he said very explicitly, like, I will not be referring to the Cleveland baseball team or the Washington football team or the Florida State football team uh, due to blah, 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 blah. And he had stated that. And those books were written in the very early 90s. So, I mean, this yeah. is not a super new issue by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, this has been going on for, you know, years and years. And, you know, everybody knows how much I hate Florida State. I mean, that's <laughs> a given. But, the the use of Seminoles has been sanctioned and approved by the Seminole tribe, mm-hmm. Seminole Nation of, you know, in Florida. So you know, put let's put them aside a little bit. You know, well, everybody, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm just saying, like, yeah, everybody has their own outra- outrages and offendedness. But you know, the question is, the people that are offended, you know, do we actually ask them? So they're, they're different. But yeah, I mean, this has been going on for years. I mean, some things are just overtly offensive to people you know the uh, chief wahoo for the indians that is a pretty ridiculous well that um, was retired mascot which has been retired two yeah years ago i want to say uh at least it's been a couple of years now it's a very little fanfare i mean there, that was like a two-day right. freak out for people and then it was over right right and you know it's you know i i understand why people get offended by some things are you know pretty obvious mm-hmm. you know redskin you know if i walked around and you know said Hey man, there's a black skin guy here. That's that's pretty, pretty obviously offensive. Uh, you know, I, I think what the thing is is that there's it's a very difficult thing that society is going to have to kind of figure out of the difference between you know offending people, um, explicitly trying to offend people, and the context of what words are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, you know we're going to go back to the uh, the problem that my 
Florida University of Florida had with banning the gator bait chant. You know, it's something where, you know, back in the turn of the last century, you know, there were cases of uh, feeding black kids to the alligators and saying it was gator bait. Right. Now, clearly, that is not the context of what the chant was, you know, used 100 years later in a football game. Uh, but, you know, sure enough that there's connotations to it. And, you know, it's been removed from the chant. Uh, from the program, you know, really. From the, from the, yeah, right. The, the band will no longer do it. They will no, no longer sell, uh, you know, licensed shirts that say Gator Bait, that whole thing. So the you know, question is, what is that line between, you know, people getting offended, you know, trying to offend, if you're explicitly trying to offend, which is hateful, you know, and that miss, you know, that fine line. And that's something that society is going to have to figure out. You know, it's no different than statues, you know, you know, taking down a Confederate statue and you go into taking down statues of people who own slaves, but are considered, you know, founding fathers. And, you know, society is going to have to come up with what that kind of acceptable ground is. And, you know, this is one of those things where society has clearly stated, you know, other than the biggest diehard Redskin fans and Daniel Snyder, who is looking at this as a financial decision right, and yeah. implications as much as anything, you know, probably as time has come, uh, you know, it's, it's been done before in sports and in the same city, you know, everybody knows the Washington bullets for basketball changed their name in the nineties to the wizards right? because the, you know, some people interpreted bullets with all the violence in that city, but not really realizing that it was the name bullets for when they played in Baltimore and, you know, the Rockets' red glare and the, you know, the bombardment of Fort McHenry. But you know, context has pretty much been lost in this country, and you know, we will we will evolve as a society. Things will change. Every everything changes. So they will no longer it's be just Washington a name. Redskins. It's just, I mean, in, in the grand scheme of things, it's just a name. I've seen some things that I, I look. I I don't really care if somebody told me they were offended by it I would understand if somebody told me I'm not offended by it it's just a sports team I would understand also I have no dog in the fight um, but I've seen some things like I'll always refer to them as the Redskins like I'm pretty sure you won't I mean give it 10 years 15 years of constantly being reminded that it's not the team name anymore just in regular calls while watching a game on TV you're gonna slip up and call it whatever they are in the future the Warriors or what have you well, if you're going to say that, you're an asshole. Yeah, I mean, you're cl- exactly. you're clearly trying to a pretension on yourself. B, you are making a statement by saying that. Now, you know, mistakes will make all the time, and you know, I live up here in the New York area. Everybody knows I'm a Tampa Bay Rays fan, but it is shocking to me the high percentage of Yankee fans. We still refer to them as the Devil Rays. Right. Well, I mean, I mean, mainly I mean, because I think that's like a very slight change i know but, but i mean though it's it's you know it's a combination of ignorance and you're just an asshole i mean the team has changed their name for 12 years now they've been the rays longer than devil rays they're in your division you play them 18 times a year they're one of your rivals one, so let, 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 what percentage of yankee fans really pay attention to baseball outside of the yankees in this area they did pay attention there. They'll pay attention to the Red Sox. They'll pay attention to what affects them. And again, it's not like Halley's Comet where they play them once every five years. I mean, it's, they, they, they play them as much as any other team that they play. And just for the simple comment of like, 
What the, the devil, baby? The, the, you know, Joey's stupid ass. And for all you Yankee fans that are listening, you know who you are. And if you don't like it, don't listen to the show anymore. Uh, but no, I'm serious. It's it's a it's it's a sign of ignorance and it's a sign of disrespect a little bit too. So if you're going to go on and say proactively say, I'm not going to call them the new team. I'm going to still refer to them as the Redskins. You're just showing, yeah, you know. Your ignorance, you're, you want to hurt people, and you just don't care about other people. So it's dopey. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe I'm naive for looking at it like this, but this is an opportunity for them to make a lot of money. I mean, don't you think? I mean, this is, this is like a clear-line merchandising point of view. Yeah, well, correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm sure you guys will, but my understanding is that NFL properties and, you know, that arm of it, that money gets pooled among all 32 teams. So if, you know, the Raiders decide they have a new uniform, the Buccaneers benefit off that as well. So, you know, the rising tide does lift all ships. I mean, yeah. is that all merchandise or just jersey sales, though? I thought it was licensed apparel at NFL properties. Uh, but it, it leads into an interesting discussion. It's like, what happens next? Now, you can say, you know, we are no longer the Redskins. We are now the Warriors or the Red Tails or whatever. Are they allowed to ban people from wearing the old gear? I, I mean, don't think so, no. That's right. I mean, is that, you know, a violation of, you know. I mean, well, it's one of those things that you'll see just phase out over time unless you have some crazy black market sales of new players and old jersey format kind of thing. Well, the thing also is, you know, most jerseys don't have, with the exception of the Browns, don't have the team name on the jersey. It's the color, it's the stripes, it's the numbers, and it's the last name. I mean, some teams, I think the Giants had like a small, you know, either an NY or a Giants up by the neck, the little, small little piece, but not anywhere. The Jets might have their, now might have, at least have New York, but... You know, but but then again, if you have a throwback Joe Theismann jersey, all of a sudden you can't wear a Joe Theismann jersey ever again because it was a Redskin one. And and again, you know, it's not a First Amendment uh, violation to ban it because you know, as most people don't understand properly, First Amendment deals with laws that the government makes, and the Redskins are a private entity. But you know, what happens next? Do you do people wear them as a sign of protest? Do you you know, are people doing that to cause you know, like how rednecks still use the Confederate flag at the you know NASCAR, even though now it's been banned. But up until this year, I mean, is there is it is it like people who refuse to wear masks? They see it as a sign of being against Trump. I mean, where, where this is going to head is going to be interesting to see how during this transition phase, you know, what people are taking sides on it, and because remember where that team is located. Mm-hmm. It may be Washington D.C., but right across the river, you're in Virginia, yeah. and I've been to I've been to games of FedEx, and you are dealing with a lot of rednecks who go to those games, a lot of white trash. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of variables in here. First, I'll start with the official Nike jersey that you can buy on NFL Shop. Says Redskins above the number on the front of the jersey. So we'll start okay. with that just just as a fact to point out there because it's relevant to what we were talking about. The second thing I'm going to say is. Um, one thing that I think will help all of this, what you're talking about, is the fact that we're not looking at 100% capacity for games. So that's that's a start. You know, there's a 
there's a chance that bars won't even be open uh, for indoor, you know, watching the game and having a drink at the start of the season. Um, you know, again, that limits the amount of people showing up in jerseys, whatever. And I think that, yeah, there's probably going to be, I mean, without a doubt. I mean, I, I still wear, you know, first of all, any throwback uniform, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Any throwback uniform is what it is, right? I mean, if you want to wear a Joe Theismann jersey or a Sean Taylor jersey or something like that, okay, I understand. I mean, even as recent as Ryan Kerrigan still on the team. Um, well, well, my question is become, does wearing Redskins gear, whether it's a throwback from Joe Theismann, Sonny Jurgensen, you know, from wherever, does it kind of morph into a symbol for something else other than team you know, you know, love of the team and of the history of the team. Does it turn into, you know, does it does a Confederate flag turn into, you know, my Southern heritage? Does it turn into something where white supremacists used as their symbol? That's well, going to be fascinating to see what happens in the future. Well, sure. I mean, if you're going to look at the context of something that's hundreds of years old, but you know, if you know this year someone's wearing a brand new. Dwayne Haskins jersey they bought last year and again these aren't cheap for you know even you know the casual fan is like 130 bucks or whatever for a, a new jersey it's not gonna really throw that away but again I mean, there's other things right here right like the Patriots had recently offered a buyback on Aaron Hernandez jerseys mm-hmm. you know if if Washington were to offer some sort of trade-in value for jerseys for the new logo uniform whatever you know for same player or what whatever the fuck i mean there there's ways around that if they really care about avoiding it i mean it's i think done. in the it's... initial i don't think people will view it as a statement unless it's accompanied by some other bullshit if you're being a loudmouth about it that it always being the redskins and even probably if you had a group of people doing it and singing the hail to the redskins song or whatever i think you could probably consider that being overtly you know racist I, I, this is going to sound kind of shitty, but I mean, the benefit is that there's not so many Native Americans that are really showing up to games that are going to be. I mean, they didn't have to actively seek out the offended. Yeah, but you know, you know better than that. You know, the NFL is based is a TV yeah. product more as much more than it is a in the stands product. And you know, again, how many people actually saw uh, Colin Kaepernick kneel? Yeah. Not that many people in this country have, but how many people have seen it on TV? Or how many people had an opinion on it? Exactly. So, you know, just because, you know, who's in the stands, that's really kind of irrelevant to this. It's going to be, you know, it's, it's the impact. So let's, let's kind of watch this, you know, three, five, ten years down the line and see how the Redskin logo name is retired into history. Is it something that's just kind of, you know, not – you know, honored like a statue, but remembered more like in a museum or not. And, you know, how that's going to be defended. I'm wondering, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I, for one, am kind of excited just to see what it changes to, how different it is. I mean, to me, I think it would be kind of lame to do something as simple as like an easy transition into the red tails. And then, you know, you keep the circle logo and you put a plane on there and everything's the same colors. I mean, this is an opportunity for them to do something. My guess is it'll be awful. My guess is because <laughs> I know, I mean, it's not, you know, that's just the trend of name changes, uniform changes, logo redesigns. Everything sucks. I don't like, 
this is old man cranky fan talking, but I don't like anything that is modern looking and just looks cheesy. And in 10, 15 years, you'll be like, what the hell is that? And I survived the 90s with the god awful NBA uniforms. You know, the, the Tennessee Titans are just atrocious looking. It's really bad. It's really bad. The Bucks, off, god awful. You know, it's just. You know what's I, funny you know, is that I, you know what, I, how do you feel about the Chargers powder blues? Like the the original, like what are the the seventies powder blues? The, the, the Dan Fouts ones, yeah, they were fine, they were cool. And you, you know, like I, the the cream school bucks ones as well? I mean, at the time, it they seemed kind of silly. Now they have like you know everything has that nostalgia view that uh, lens you look at it. It looks cooler than it probably was. Like, you know, the old Broncos uniforms are certainly better than the ones they replaced them with. Uh, you know, the Vikings you mean, look what, better what do you than mean? they are what, now. They were just like the big D with the horse yeah. through it, you mean? Okay. Yeah, and just the orange uniform. And, you know, it just, you know, I like simple. I like, you know, traditional. I like the giant uniform I absolutely love. And for anybody who's like, you know, the NY is boring and the uniform is boring. Fuck you. I mean, really. I don't care. It's, yeah. they're, they're so cool looking, you know, clean. You know, it's, it's not the flavor of the month. You know, this is, you know, I, I, it looks great. You know, so I guarantee you the name they're going to have is going to be some flavor of the month, you know, modern sounding thing that's going to sound out of date. It's going to have a god awful uniform. They are keeping the colors. So that's one thing. They did so, say you know, that? Yes, they did. Okay. They will keep. They will keep the color. So you're not going to see, you know, the, you know, the atrocious Titans throw every color on a page and see what. It, 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 exactly. Yeah. So that's something they got going in their favor. Yeah. I so. mean, I guess I, I kind of agree with you. Um, I, I, you know, we we mentioned the Chargers and the Bucks. I I love those uniforms. I wish they would bring the Bucks one back. Um, I think it's an interesting color. But again, the difference between the old Bucks creamsicle uniforms and, and the powder blues for the Chargers, and so like the newer kind of, um, like I, I, I guess the, I guess the Titans is the best example. But like the difference there is that it's one color scheme, one idea, still simple, even if it is bright and catches your eye. Um, I was gonna say Seahawks. I do actually like the Seahawks. It, it's you know newer ones with the the dark blue and the teal and that's it i think their older yeah. one with the silver the blue and the teal was kind of a bit much they did a nice job when they incorporated that neon color because the the soccer the sounders have adopted it yeah uh, it, it's pretty good um uh, but you know as a whole if your uniform looks like you're in a bad al pacino movie or you know just some generic movie where they use old usl sfl film it's you want to create a legacy. You want to create a brand, not just a cheap. Oh, people will run out and buy it, and then three years later they'll buy it again. And that's that's something that you know. Not only the Redskins are going to have to, you know, come up with something creative, but they have to kind of think. You know, they're they're a traditional team. They've been around since the '30s. They are not. You don't think of them like they never played in artificial turf. They never played in a cookie cutter stadium. You know they always played on grass they've always you know you think of them as one of the old-time teams and you know do they want to make that leap to be just the next titans or something that you know has no history and nobody cares about so they they gotta they gotta be careful what they do yeah i guess so still though i i hope they do something at least a little bit different you know 
just for their sake, I think I think it would be just like a lame ass cop out move to make it almost as close to the original as possible. It just seems like a whack move, but you know, you're right in that it's probably going to suck if they do anything too crazy because it, you know, everything everything tells me from, you know, the AAF and the fucking XFL and the XFL before that, all of those logos and uniforms were silly, um, mm-hmm. or or just downright bad. Uh, I'll say, like, not even they weren't really gimmicky, just not good. Well, you know, there was an era where, you know, it became really hip to not use S as the last name of the team. You know, you had the yeah. Blitz and the Fire and, the, you know, all those type of things. You know, it, it never hit baseball. Uh, it never hit the NFL. But basketball, you know, the expansion teams, you had the Magic, the Heat, you know, uh, the Jazz. And then, like, and then they had the second tier sports, like the, uh, the, the, uh, WNBA and well, MLS. He has it with the Wild. Yeah. Um, the and lightning. lightning. Yeah. 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 So uh, the Avalanche. I always say, but those are just like again, trying to be modern and modern. You have to be careful that you become a fad, and that's you know. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's not my problem. I hate them anyway. You know, and uh, that team. This is not going to make me hate, hate them any less. Well, I mean, like doing, the, doing the right the, thing. The reason I say I hope they don't do something lame. Red tails isn't so bad, but I, I've seen a lot of like red wolves. I mean, how many fucking wildcats, wolves, birds? I mean, that's what I mean. Like, well, well, red tail is a homage to a fighting uh, squadron. Do you understand? I think the first, yes, yeah, yeah. So that's but, that's but red thing. wolves was like the one that I've seen circulated just as much, and you know that to oh. me is just lame as shit. Beyond boring. Yeah, who cares? Yeah. Um, I did see that one of the reasons why they were having trouble announcing a new name is because some like realtor in Arizona years ago when this was a debate, again, more clues that this is not a recent thing, knew mm-hmm. that this was coming and went out and trademarked just a bunch of fucking names. So Man, Daniel well, yeah. Snyder is going to have to buy it from him. So smart guy. Um, I actually worked for somebody who used to do something like that, but used to buy domain names on the internet, yeah, hoping course. that yeah. they become something and need to be bought out. So, yeah, fuck it. That's 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 awesome. I think that's hilarious, and uh, sure. it'll be interesting to capitalism. see. Yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see if that guy gets a payday because, you know, again, like you said, rather than be creative and find a way around it and come up with some other design, they're dead set on a design that's going to be the brand, and they're going to have to pay some extra money to get it. Um, I'll, I'll, I'm interested to see that. Good for yeah, that guy. Yeah, for, for sure. Um, that about does that. Again, couldn't care less, I guess. It's it's a little exciting just because it's a new name and stuff to pay attention to. It's fun, but it's not my team, so I don't really care all that much about it. Um, we're talking about we're talking about what the new uniforms and team name will be, not necessarily the decision to change the name. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, the, the name yeah. will be changed. I've been yeah. saying it for a long time. Um, yeah. It just is what it is. Uh, but in Giants land, we have some news in that Leonard Williams' uh, deadline to come to an extension with the Giants has officially passed, and he will be playing on the one-year franchise deal. Franchise transition deal? Transition deal. Yes. Um, so $16 million, he'll be a free agent at the end of the year. Um, and there are, you know... There are Dave Gettleman, 
hanging in effigy parties all over town. How a large percentage of this fan base thinks that this is the worst trade, not only in NFL history, but in Western civilization history. And this, you know, not locking him up is further validating their belief in that. So what is your thoughts? My thoughts are um, this all is a little so like I don't mind giving up. Okay, basically what I'm going to say is it was not a good trade. It's also not a big deal. Um, And and I'll kind of break that down a little bit. Initially, the trade for a guy who's about to become an impending free agent can make sense in the scenario if you think that he's going to be an impact player and that this gives you a head start leg up on getting a deal with him before he hits the open market. Fine. I'm okay with that. Giving up a third and a five for him, I'm also okay with that. Uh, Again, this is a guy who is first-round talent whether or not he hits the stat sheet with sacks himself. We saw a huge, huge jump in play from Dalvin Tomlinson once Leonard Williams showed up. The defense itself got better once Leonard Williams showed up. He didn't have to impact it directly with his own stats. We saw other players around him get better when he showed up. And that's... You know, that's first-round talent for a defensive tackle. I mean, they don't... Defensive tackles typically don't wind up on the stat sheet too much with with sacks, especially. Um, so you're getting a first-round talent for a third and a fifth. A high third, sure. I mean, that was always going to be as relevant to how well the team did during the season anyway. Now, where this kind of gets a little extra bit of complicated is... James Betcher's been fired. You know, that writing was a bit on the wall by the time the trade took place. I mean, it was pretty unlikely that the Giants were going to turn around their season, get some crazy top 10 defense, and he would save his job. I mean, at that point, we knew almost for sure that Shermer was going to be gone. Um, So now you have a situation, and this is why I'm okay with the contract extension um, not happening, and the fran- and the, and the the transition tag deal, you know, staying its course is now he's entering a whole new system. Will he fit the system? Who the hell knows? Um, you can't let him hit the open market because you traded for him a and b because he is a great player. Uh, so you had to do something, but now you don't know if he's going to fit into your defense's plans long term. So this is now your one year deal. You're kind of getting a do over on what you initially traded for. So that part of it is fine. But when the trade happened itself, it was almost it was almost obvious at the time that this was going to happen. Um, so I would not have advised trading for this man at that time. It seemed that it, again, we don't know what we don't know. But it seems that he was going to hit the open market with no trades from any other teams. Again, if you had insider knowledge someone else was going to trade for him, that was the moment you had to strike when the iron was hot. Um, but the trade itself, not great. The player, awesome. The, what was lost in all this? Irrelevant. It's irrelevant. I mean, again, the $16 million figure that he's getting this year, who, who are we signing that's going to turn this team into a contender this year that 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 $16 million makes a difference. Nobody. It doesn't matter. You know, if we were closer to contending and that money was allocated to him instead of getting, you know, another corner or, or you know, name a weakness on this team, right? Um, another wide receiver, and that's going to prevent us from going from divisional round guy to actual 
champion potential, then you can make that argument. But for now, for this season, $16 million means nothing. It's not our money. Yeah, it's it's not money that's relevant for you know making the run, basically. And again, I think you know we we all fall victim to this of like this was stupid, this was stupid. But can we let this all play out and see? You know, because th- it's only going to be this trade evaluated on what was given up, right? You know, it's it's it, it, that's all it's going to be. So if that's the case, you know. If somebody goes on to have a great 12-year career from a draft pick that we gave up or something, and we talk about how great they were in year seven or eight, well, you better talk about what Leonard Williams does for the entire amount of time he's here as well. I mean, the story doesn't end today because he did not sign a long-term contract. The story ends when he's no longer a giant. So, you know, as much as everybody just thinks it's such a horrible trade and the thought that it's still hamstringing this team, I mean, a bigger hamstring on this team is we're going to talk about this shortly is the fact that most likely a guy we traded up to be a first-round pick career is most likely over with this team. And again, that's not by any fault of the general manager or anything, but those are things that cripple a team when you miss and you whiff at the very top. When you're whiffing for you know mid-level draft picks and stuff, yeah, sucks. You know, giving up you know draft capital for stuff you can work on building your your roster and your depth, but it's not as much of a killer as missing your real, you know, chances to hit gold up top. And I think, again, perspective has to be used for this. And it's not the – I'm not even ready to give up on it. It's over. I mean, we still might sign him. He still is a, you know, for the reasons you said, he's a good defensive player. And we didn't just give him away for, you know, Johnny Manziel, who was completely worthless. Let, let's see what happens with him. How does he – how does he fit with this new system and this new scheme? You know, maybe, you know, it's a sunk cost and it's determined that he's not a fit for how we are going forward. And you, at least we're not locked up with him long term and have to deal with the same issues we have with the, the Beckham contract, for example, or another guy they want to change direction for. So, again, let's just, I hate to keep saying this, but let's keep waiting and see what happens before we, you know, Get all rash what we want to do after that. I mean, yeah, exactly. It, it's and, and you can look at who was drafted in the place of the third round pick that was given up, and it's Ashton Davis. Um, but that doesn't mean anything. We don't know what Ashton Davis is as a safety. There were other players on the board, but sure, and sure, you could name guys that we missed out on between that pick and when we picked again uh, later in the third round. But we don't even know if the Giants had their eyes on them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it, we're, we're talking about a third-round pick here. Would I have done this trade? Most likely not. Does that mean it's the worst trade ever? Absolutely not. It's not It's not going to kill this team. This is not going to kill the team any anywhere near what the last couple of drafts before Dave Gettleman did. I mean, you look at the track record that Jerry Reese had in the back half of his his tenure as the Giants general manager and, uh, and 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 Mark Ross, they they did a very very poor job, specifically from the third round on. And that's where and so, that's why we are where we are right now. Right. I mean, some guys they hit on in the top two rounds. Some guys they didn't. I mean, they certainly whiffed on Eric Flowers. There's no debate on that. And that's one of the, and that's um, one of the reasons why they're no longer here. 
And so you, when you whiff that badly on something, there's going to be consequences. And the accumulation of those fuck-ups will result in it. Now, now, it might sound like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth when I'm saying that he missed on everyone after the second round and that a third-round pick is no big deal. One third-round pick, whiffing on one third-round pick, giving up one third-round pick, you know, is not a big deal. But how much of the third to seventh-round draft was just a wash for Jerry Reese is a, a completely different story. I mean, it's almost like they didn't do their homework and were throwing darts at a board. Right. There was one guy, if we remember, in the fifth round, they they drafted a man out of Texas named Michael Thompson, who never he he had said when he was interviewed that he didn't even like have any contact with any other teams. Nobody had this guy on their radar in their top three hundred players, and yet he was taken in the fifth round by the Giants. I mean, those are whiffs, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, giving up a third for Leonard Williams, I'll, it's fine. It's not that big a deal. It really isn't. Um, much bigger is trading up into the first round for DeAndre Baker, who now may not be a giant. Yeah. Um, you know, it, there's no news directly connecting Baker. This is all kind of Quentin Dunbar's attorney, you know, allegedly paying off witnesses who changed their testimony with money. There's some text messages. Uh, some of it involved Baker himself. This is, you know... This was not like an official like AP story. This was like the New York Post or, or something like that. Um, but it's bad news, especially when Quentin Dunbar changed attorneys very recently. Um, and I suspected this right from the beginning when they said that they were going to get testimony from witnesses, etc. It sounded like money changed hands to me. Um, again, uh, the bigger thing here is they traded up for a, a corner into the first round, and it looks like they got one bad season out of him, and that may be it for him. But the thing is that I've seen is people have been highlighting that there were character flaws with DeAndre Baker, but, I mean, there's a difference between work ethic character flaw and, like, criminal record character yeah. flaw. And as far as I know, there was no specificity to any criminal activity by this guy. He doesn't have a rap sheet. That's that that's official. There's no official arrest record with him on it until this off season. Um, so you know, if if the word around the league was that maybe he doesn't put in the time in the weight room or the film room or falls asleep in meetings or some bullshit, that's one thing and that's fine. Um, but this is a separate issue. To say that they should have seen this coming is not true. Yeah, not as far as anything I've seen reported. I think you know the combination of all of the facts you've just said about, you know, there's not a, an equivalency of, you know, guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. The criminal system is not the same as, you know, what is guilty or not guilty in the NFL. And, you know, you don't have to have that level of certainty and that level of evidence and that level to accuse, to, you know, have punishment in the NFL. And, you know, this is not kind of a random incident of something. This is a major problem. You know, we're involving, we're involving guns. We're involving bribery. We're involving, you know, all sorts of shadiness that doesn't, it doesn't really equate to petty crime. This is serious. And, you know, Unfortunately for DeAndre Baker, he does not have the track record of, you know, 
being in the NFL, being a giant, the benefit of the doubt of being a good model employee of the NFL that we can kind of say, well, you know, let's weigh both sides of this. It's, you know, unfortunately for him and unfortunately the Giants, I think it's just inevitably he's going to be released by this team. His team will take its lumps, you know, with the salary cap, they'll take their lumps that they lost a first round pick. They'll take their lumps that they didn't get return on the trade where they gave up other stuff. But all signs to me are pointing that this guy will no never step on the field again for the Giants. And it's probably for the best for everybody. Well, that's what's interesting is I, I'm not sure what happens if he does get arrested and has to serve a sentence. Does he wind up on some exemption list? Do the Giants continue to have his rights as soon as he becomes a free agent again? Let, let's say he gets I, – I mean – Fat chance, but let's just say he serves a two-year sentence, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he would still technically be a giant, even not counting if those years didn't count against him, right? I'd imagine so, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, and then of course he has to sit through NFL punishment, which could be suspended indefinitely or it's suspended for a year or, or whatever. Um I think the the only player the, there were two players that really had the the full suspension. Three it was probably Adrian Peterson, um, Alden Smith, and Randy Gregory. Right, are the only ones that have gotten like the indefinite suspension, or maybe Vontez Perfect as well. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's not very many, but all of them that indefinite is like a year, and then you can appeal. Alden Smith blew it. Adrian Peterson made made it back. I guess, or whatever. sure, he won his appeal, or whatever. Um, Randy Gregory, I think, has continued to fail because uh, he can't stop smoking weed. Uh, oh, Josh Gordon, I think as well, right, has been suspended indefinitely. Yes, he has been. Yeah, um, it's it's a short list. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that he won't be a giant immediately. Uh, it, it'll be it'll be interesting, but. I think this team. I'll be pretty surprised. I, I think this team has taken some hits in the past for, uh, you know, public relations wise. You know, being late to come to justice, if that's too strong of a word. I guess you know, quote unquote, doing the right thing. <laughs> you know, for, and, and they've taken they've taken some heat for that in the past. And I think that, uh, you know, again, this isn't petty. Uh, something silly. This isn't smoking weed. This isn't caught with PEDs. This isn't even, uh, you know, stealing a car. You know, this is serious stuff. And again, with the, you know, the accusations going around about the bribery and the guilt by association, it seems too close to home. This is compounding. Exactly. So again, you know, cornerbacks in this league are a dime a dozen. You know, you can always get one. And, you know, it's not like this isn't Michael Jordan. You know, this isn't Peyton Manning. This is a guy who's a decent NFL player who can be replaced. And the aggravation, you know, in the public relations hit you're going to take by keeping him might be just too great. So that's why I'm saying I don't think, you know, I don't know exactly how this will turn out in the legal system, but my opinion is he will not be back. Yeah, I mean, here, here's the thing. Here's why he won't be back. I'll, I'll say it now. I, I'm definitive now. Because if he does serve any kind of sentence, even if it's just a year, even if it's only a couple of months, if he's going to miss this season, they're going to go into the offseason either finding out that Sam Beal is the real deal and can handle it on the outside, or that he isn't. 
and they'll go out and they'll get somebody because it, it cornerbacks are a dime a dozen. There's there's good cornerbacks all the time, but but it's too important a position. If you've only got one good corner, you're only in the passing game. You're only as good as your right. Second you're not buying. You're I mean, not you, buying you, time for a guy when you need you have needs of your own too. And life life I mean, life it, will pass. It's just it. too important. Yeah. I mean, we saw the same thing with Plaxico Burris. I mean. When, when, when Burris was no longer on the team, he was serving a sentence in jail. They tried to just plug Steve Smith in that spot. And, uh, you know, he put up a lot of yards and stuff, but he's not Plaxical Burris. They drafted Hakeem Nix. He became the new number one. And that was it. When Plaxical Burris had done finished his sentence, the Giants had no interest. He went to the Jets. It just wasn't – he was replaced. You know, there will always be another great player. So, yeah, he, he's gone. It, it, you're right. You're right. Unless unless he gets off scot free somehow and he's ready to start for the you know first week or training camp or you know whatever, if he misses the season, he's gone. Yeah, I think the odds of that really happening are very slim and none. <laughs> There's a lot more questions that need to be answered from him right now than you know than we have. And again, I think there's just a lot of noise, and I think this is a team will just wipe their hands clean a bit. Oh yeah, for sure. Especially a guy who wasn't that good to begin with. Mm-hmm. Well, um, or, no, or at least didn't have that good of a first season. To be no, honest. that's not the reason. I mean, it, it's a, if the guy was a, you know, if this was Daniel Jones, who didn't have an okay first season, but he, you know, but the value that he provides to the team, he might get more slack. You know, there's not that many quarterbacks that you draft eighth. You're not going to give up on one year for, as easily as you would for a cornerback picked up late in the first round. 30th, 31st. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's a, there is a sliding scale. Is that fair? Probably not. Is it right? Probably not. Does it suck for DeAndre Baker? Yeah, but that's kind of a reality. It's a supply and demand thing. So, And lastly, this is kind of just like silly. In a, in a, in a poll conducted by ESPN with 50 NFL personnel, scouts, executives, and um, general managers, I think, uh, the – top 10 running backs in the NFL were listed. Atop that list was Saquon Barkley. And this became a little bit of a hot topic amongst some running backs. You know, there was some quibbling among fans about who fits where in that top 10. What what did you think? I mean, you know, you could take the top five running backs, top eight running backs, and they're so close. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Quite, I mean, their skill sets are very similar. One guy might be a little better at better top end speed. Mike, one guy might be a little better at the backfield catching. One might be slightly better, uh, you know, pass blocking. One might be, uh, you know, more uh, healthier over the course of time. One can withstand, you know, the punishment more than others. At the end of the day, you you add them all up, it's very close to even for the top guys. The differences with I, I always see these things like. If you were starting a team today, who would you pick? Well, you know, if I'm starting a team today, I'm probably not picking a running back. <laughs> you know, I'm probably I'm probably working on building my offensive line and my defensive line to start. Um, you know, even picking a quarterback, you know, we've seen there's been tons of evidence in the past of, you know, not a lot of success you know, of, of quarterbacks picked, you know, in the first year of an expansion team because they don't have the supporting cast around them. It's not worth it. Um, I, th- I think what Barkley has going for him other than his peers on the league is he's younger. He's just, he just completed his second year and that second year, you know, wasn't a complete year due to the injury. So he doesn't have the 
the, the miles and the wear and tear. So that would be something I would be interested in. But to say that he's the best of the running backs in the NFL, uh, you know, it, he's in the conversation, but I, I can't definitively say he is, and I can't definitively say he isn't. And I think that's all we really care about. So many things go into grading a running back, and, and, and so many running backs can benefit from uh, a good system that they fit in, uh, you know, talent at, at the wide receiver position. I mean, if, if, if you're able to throw at will – and then, you know, every time you touch the ball as a running back, with the lead, by the way, you can just blow right by everybody. You know, that again is going to go to your favor. I mean, there's so many things. I think you can definitively say that the top four that were listed by scouts and general managers, by the way, this isn't just jerk-offs of the SPN. Um, oh, really? got lost in, yeah. Um, but Barkley, McCaffrey, Elliott, and Kamara, I think you can shuffle anyway and make a perfectly good argument for however you shuffle them. I think they're all fantastic. They all do things super well. You got Henry in that list? Henry was five. I think Henry... Henry... He's unique. Is, <laughs> is a different kind of guy, but I mean, I think those top four right there are weapons in all facets of the game. I think, you know, you have to watch out for them splitting out wide, uh, you know, going into the slot, pass blocking, you know, just shiftiness in the whole I mean Derrick Henry is a little bit more of I would say a traditional running back that we almost don't see anymore and in that respect he is also like close to unstoppable but again we're talking about a Titans offensive line that's very very good he's in a system suddenly that that fits his skill set whereas I think if you had made this list last year going into the 2019 system the, the 2019 season he's probably not in the top 10 because yeah. we just weren't able to see his skills utilized in a way that makes him effective. Um, you know, I, I think it's a little silly to get very hung up in all of this, and yet some people just went fucking bananas. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like, especially people saying, like, oh, Christian McCaffrey uh, above Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, he's, he's one spot above him, dude. Is yeah. Really... And also, you know, they are great in the systems that they're in right now. You know, uh, Zeke is in a perfect, you know, uh, offense. He's in a running back's heaven right exactly. now. Exactly, yeah. I mean, if you're going to put him in, uh, you know, more of a run and shoot, is he going to be as effective? I don't know. You know, it's so it, it's it's kind of the combination of the talent, the achievement, the potential, and the situation. So, again, but, you know, as much as, you know, it's great that Barkley is considered in this conversation, but at the end of the day, more so than the Leonard Williams you know, conversation we had earlier, Dave Gettleman will be defined by this pick. As even more so, I think, yeah, even more so, I think, than Daniel Jones, because he had the opportunity to grab that quarterback and didn't. And he grabbed it with a running back who a lot of people believe, most people, that you probably could have got him a little, little lower, you know, maybe not at three. So if he's a, turns out to be an all-timer running back who, you know, this offense is built around and this team has good playoff success for the next decade. It's going to be, it's going to be, you know, it paid off and, you know, get him and we'll get the respect that he probably would, would deserve at that time. If he's a, you know, you know, injury riddled career, you know, this offense sputters for the next six, seven years, Daniel Jones turned out to be, you know, not what they hope he is. And they, whipped on a chance to get, you know, a different quarterback in an earlier draft with better, you know, draft status and stuff. 
it's going to be the definitive marker on, on Gettleman, and you know, rightly so, I think. So, um, well, I mean, there's other things to tie into that, right? If Sam Darnold, uh, you know, has a as a toilet career, just f- as a for instance, you know, he he's the guy that you're looking at that should have been drafted if Barkley also, you know doesn't turn out or for whatever reason. I mean, you can you can make the he went out and got Sam Darnold, but I mean, if he has a shit career, can you really hold it against him that he went and got Barkley even if he has a good running back's career and No, plays? because it's once you're in a team everything is completely different. The coaching you have is different, the personnel you're playing around you is, you know, maybe he doesn't get mono if he's playing with the Giants, so he doesn't lose a good part of his second season. There's a, you know, there's a million things that, you know, I, I don't play that game. They well, he sucked. It was like, well, you know, there's a reason why thirty quarterbacks have sucked with the Cleveland Browns since they became the Cleveland Browns again. Well, it's that's a, true. Yeah. It's not a coincidence. You know, there is there is a culture and there's a, you know, things go on in that practice facility and that and that you know that organization. Why? So, you know, we don't know. You you, you you just don't know. But you know that, you know, if you didn't take Barkley they wouldn't have taken Daniel Jones the next year. And you don't know what those dominoes would have been. So this is what, this is what it is. This is how it was drafted. This is the hand, you know, that, uh, that uh, Gettleman dealt himself, you know, and also dealt his, you know, two coaching staffs now. And that move alone is, I think is going to be the one they're going to put on his gravestone. They're going to put on his obituary. It's, you know, either architect of the masterful draft pick that led the giants to X, Y, and Z, or, his boneheaded draft pick kept the Giants remaining where they are, you know, in perpetuity. So we'll have to see. Again, it's a to-be-determined thing, but you know, oh, just him being one of the top five best running backs in itself is not – it's great, but not enough to really write the story about the Giants or most Giant fans care about. Sure. I mean, it's a good sign. I mean, it would be bad if he wasn't considered in the top ten. Mm-hmm. Um I'll say I think that the Daniel Jones pick is going to determine whether or not Dave Gettleman is remembered as a good GM. I mean, if, if Daniel Jones turns out to be the next franchise quarterback that that, that stays with this organization for ten years or so, uh, and you know, makes them competitive, leads them to several playoff appearances, maybe some championship games, hopefully a Super Bowl. You know, I think you can say that he made the right move in drafting him, especially when there seemed to be a lot of detractors from, you know, whatever. But the but the Barkley one, if he nails Barkley and Jones, I think that it, that right there shows that he did a great job as a GM. Yeah, if, if those two picks pan out, if Jones becomes an above-average quarterback in this, if, if Daniel Jones becomes Phil Sims, now we love Phil Sims because he's a giant, but in the pantheon of NFL quarterbacks, he's known as an above-average quarterback. Not great, not very, very good, above-average. If Daniel Jones is above-average, takes his team to the playoffs three out of every four years, gets a major run, which may be conference final, conference championship game, Super Bowl appearance, or Super Bowl win, you know, and and that offense is built around him and Barkley doing his thing, you know, he will be completely vindicated. And also, the Leonard Williams trade will be a will just disappear into history. If people still bring it up after those things do happen, people just have a hard on for Gettleman and you know, just don't like him, and that's the fact. So yeah, 
Well, that pretty much covers everything. I mean, that was that was a mouthful uh, of an episode. It was a lot of shit to go over, and uh, hopefully, we'll have better news to talk about next week as we conclude our season previews. Um, and hopefully, we're talking about good news going into training camp. I mean, all I can do is cross my fingers at this point. Who the fuck knows what's going on at any given day in this country? You know, in terms of response to coronavirus spikings and 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 falling off and and all that stuff, it changes by the hour. It seems the so. most the most important thing everybody has to keep in proper perspective is that the goal is what can this not what this country can do to get the NFL starting on time with full stadiums. The goal is what can we do to prevent people from getting sick and getting their grandparents sick and keeping this thing so we can't eat in restaurants and we can't go back to work and we can't do the things that you know are we've grown accustomed to in our society and culture so keep your eye on the prize of what the important things are you know we'd love to have the nfl back we'd love to you know be at giant stadium for opening day we love all these things but the goal is to keep people healthy and minimize the impacts of this until there is a vaccine right and i mean I, I, you know, I can't wait to be in the fucking parking lot, shotgunning white claws with the rest of you. I can wait for um, that, honestly. <laughs> it's a sight I don't need to see. I listen. We've, you guys haven't, but I've seen the cranky fan stumbling back from, uh, <laughs> in Gainesville, back from the stadium. So Oof, yeah, it's it's something it's something I'd like to see again. Um, but I'm going to do it when it's time. So hopefully, hopefully it's time at some point this year. Just wear a mask, um, people. That's all I ask of you. That's it. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not asking for anything else. Just wear a mask. It's not that hard. <laughs> all right, everyone. Till next week, go Giants. Go Giants.